that song was written from a very devoted heart. That heart, that song is an overflow of a Christian who has discovered that it's all about Jesus and Jesus alone. The Christian life is all about obedience. And in that obedience, we find it's not I, but Christ in me. As we try to walk in the Lord and trust him and serve him faithfully, we understand he is not our energy, is not our talent, it's not our income, it's what he has given to us and blessed us with. With the health that we enjoy, we can serve him. With the income that he has blessed us with, we can give to the ministries of his church. With the talents he's given us, we're to return to them to him through using them for his glory, for his honor. If we can sing, we ought to praise him with our voice. If we have a job or have income, we ought to praise him with our tithe. If we have the gift to teach, we ought to praise him through giving ourselves to teaching the word of God to others. However God has given you, you ought to give it to him that he can use it in your life and use it in the life of others to his glory to bring others to faith in him and a walk with him. We've been talking about doing my part. Next Sunday, we're going to have a ministry fair inviting every member of the church to do their part in ministry and being a part of the work of this church and the many ministries that this church has, starting with Sunday school on Sunday morning, through teaching the children on Wednesday night, through doing mission work in the community and reaching out to others, and doing evangelism in the community and throughout to share the gospel with others. It is our privilege, it is our call, it is our responsibility to serve him faithfully through giving of ourselves. In Malachi, God speaks directly to the subject of tithing our finances, of tithing the things that he's given to us, how he's blessed us financially, and he calls us to give a tenth of that to him. Listen to what he says in Malachi 3, verses 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And that ought to get every one of our attention. Ought to get every one of us, our, it ought to get our attention to look at what he's talking about. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He's talking to the Israelites. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, 
if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then Paul writing to young Timothy in his second letter to him in chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. All Scripture is given that we may be corrected, that we may be proven, and that we may be trained in righteousness. What should a tither's attitude be? What should someone who is a Christian that's been called on to give a tithe to the Lord's work, what the, should the attitude be? Well, there's a right and there's a wrong attitude. I read one time of a little country church, and I, I feel like it's the one I pastored years ago, <laughs> in need of a new roof with few members and even less money coming in to take care of it. The local bank president, an ornery, ornery old cuss, would be the first one at church so that he could get a back row seat every Sunday. Now, I'm not talking to those on the back row in particular, okay? He would sneak out during the offertory prayer at the end to avoid the offering plate, and everybody in the church knew it. One Sunday, something detained him on the way to church, and he got there late, and he had to walk all the way down to the front and sit on the second row of the pews. The pastor prayed for the Lord to send money for the roof, and a piece of the ceiling fell and hit the banker on the head. And he threw up his hand and shouted, I'll give $1,000. One of the men in the back yelled out, Hit him again, Lord, hit him again. Obviously, both men needed an attitude adjustment. These folks Malachi wrote to had attitudes that were so rotten, so terrible that heaven could smell it. It stinks to high heaven. In Malachi 1-2, Malachi tells us that they doubted God's love. Listen to what he says. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? And then in verse 13 revealed, they didn't bring what God required. You bring what was taken by robbery? What is it, lame or sick? So you bring the offering should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? Malachi 2.17 says, It discloses that they brought the torn, the lame, the sick sheep that were not fit for anything else. These are good examples of the wrong attitude toward giving the tithe. There are some good attitudes that are displayed through the scriptures one was abraham up back in the 14th chapter of genesis after a military mission was overwhelmed with the gratitude of god's 
blessings in his life and the life of his family. And he gave a tenth of all that he had to the Lord. Now, what kind of attitude did Abraham have? A good attitude. And then Jacob had been going from, through some personal problems with his family. And, and God worked in the family and they came to peace with God. And in that moment, he set up a stone at Shechem and said it was a pillar of God's house and that I will give you a tenth of everything. In Genesis 28, what kind of attitude did Jacob have? The proper attitude. These are vast contrasts from the attitude that God said that the people in the letter that Malachi wrote to them had about the subject of giving What is the right kind of attitude? Obedience. But obedience with cheer, cheerful giver. Has he given you any reason to be thankful? He has. God loves you. He sent his son. He called you unto salvation. You are a child of God this morning, saved through the power and the work and the gift and the love and the grace of a holy God. If you've not accepted God's free gift of salvation, what a wonderful day to do it. But most in this room, if not all, have done that. And we ought to be cheerful in serving him. We ought to be gracious in our giving. We ought to do it with a heart of gratitude, of love, and an attitude of cheer for what God has done in our lives. When you think about the tithe, do you do your part? You see, our part's not all, all the same in amount. There are children that get a dollar allowance maybe or five dollar allowance a week and their part would be a dime or 50 cents, whichever one that is. But there are others, some perhaps, that get paid $1,500 a week. And $150 would be their part out of that. You see, it's not the same gift. It's not equal gifts. It's not equal offerings. It is equal by what God has blessed us with, that we give accordingly a tithe. And in the Scripture, the tithe, as it is mentioned 39 times, and every time it's mentioned, it talks about and explains that it is 10%. We just read that Abraham tithed. And in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2, it confirms that it was 10%. Listen to what it says. And that he gave his 10%. And Malachi readers were robbing God by not giving a 10% tithe. That's exactly what God was talking about. Now, 10% may seem like a huge amount. But who chose that number? Who chose that percentage? God did in his infinite wisdom. In his unmeasurable love for us with his unmerited grace God has chosen that 
Why? Because God knows it's good. It is right and it is well for his ministries to go on, for his work to be completed that he has sent us forth to do. He knows that's the right amount to come from every person. And he simply asks for that over and over again in Scripture. He makes that very plain. You see, 10% represents the whole. When we give 10%, which is obedient out of what God's given us and blessed us with, it represents the 100% of what we have. But that much of what we have belongs to God. It's not something we ought to just think about or, or maybe we ought to plan on doing it sometime. God says it's his. He said, you've robbed me of my tithes. You've robbed me of my offerings. And everything I've given you, I've given it to you, expecting from you only 10% to be returned to me as faithfully as I give it to you. But somehow that just doesn't click in the mind of a lot of folks. They don't understand that. They think that is too much. That is laborious. That's difficult. That's, that's something that their, their pocketbook just can't stand. Well, something's wrong with what goes out of the pocketbook. If there's not enough there to give what God says is right. I don't know how he can be any plainer about it. I don't know how the preacher can be any plainer about it and open up. I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I'm not doing. I wouldn't ask you to do anything that God didn't ask you to do. I wouldn't bring it up if his word did not command it, demand it, and even speaks in a negative way toward those who would withhold that that he requires. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He says, so that there will be what's needed in my house. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will not have room to receive. So if I give my tithe, God's going to increase my pay. <laughs> Let me tell you what. His blessings are greater than a paycheck. His, his blessings in our lives are far more than what we take home on Friday or the 1st or the 15th or whatever day your Social Security check is deposited. His blessings are the fact that we have air to breathe. That we have legs at work, and I know some are struggle with getting around, and I know you're listening at home, and you say, well, I can't be there today. I know there are different things that we all struggle with, but God has blessed us with so much, with air to breathe, with blood that flows through our veins, that life that we have, the families that he's blessed us with, the friends that we have, the neighborhood we live in, the church we belong to. God's blessings have been poured out on every one of us. Can I get an amen? They really have. And all he asks is for the tithe. He goes so far as to say it's his to begin with. And listen to what he says. It's not that you just don't do what I ask you to do. 
He says, if we do not give what he commands of us to give, we rob him. That's a serious charge. He says, you've robbed me. You've, you've taken from me that which is mine. It's not yours. I just sent it through you to be put into my ministries and work. God says, I'm the one that gave it to you. And everything I've given to you, all I require is that you give the 10% which belongs to me. And if you do not give it, you rob it from me. We understand the truth. I love you with all my heart. But see, the heart is not all you love me with. How about your foot? Was it left out of that statement? How about your big toe? Was it left out of that? How about your thumb? Was it left out of that statement? When we say, I love you with all of my heart, I love God with all of my heart, we're talking about all of our being. It represents the whole. And when you give God the 10% that he requires of us, it represents the whole. That means we are faithful in realizing that everything we have is what he has blessed us with. And it represents our whole life, all of our income, all of our blessings, all of our family members. It includes all of that that we give to him out of a heart of gratitude. And that 10% represents all the blessings we have. It represents the whole. And so we walk in obedience. It is an expression of our, the obedience of our whole self that we belong to him. And because we belong to him, everything belongs to him. But he only asks that the tithe be given physically, directly to him. Well, what priority should tithing have in our lives if we're going to do our part as a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ here at Dalreda? It's summed up in two words in Malachi, in the passage we read, rob and curse. Robbing is when you take something that does not rightfully belong to you. Or keep something that doesn't rightfully belong to you. See, they were robbing from God what was devoted to him. They said, where have we robbed? He says, in tithes and offerings. And because they were robbing God, God says, you're cursed with a curse. It may not be so much that he made their lives difficult as it was he didn't give them the blessings that he would want to give them. That he was not able to use them as channels through which he could send his blessings because they had stopped up the pipe, the flow, by not being in obedience and they had robbed him and they had left him with no way, no provision, no, no channel through which he could bless them. priority when something is a priority it's protected and given commitment 
When you commit to tithing, let me tell you, from years and years of experience, when you commit to tithing, that 10% of your money is not for your car, it's not for your truck, it's not for your house, it's not for your cable TV. Uh-oh. It's his. It's his. And you'll commit to the discipline of tithing. Why? Because it becomes your priority. A testimony I have from way back in the 70s. And yeah, kids, I was alive in the 70s. I was serving at the Prattmont Baptist Church in Prattville. I was youth and music guy. My dad's mother passed away at Christmas time. And her funeral was over in Georgia on the 23rd of December. We had done our Christmas shopping, but we just, it, it was gone. Not expecting to have to use money to travel, to eat on the road, to buy gas there and back. We really were prepared for Christmas, but we weren't prepared for a death in the family. We got in the car, took the three kids, and we drove. I think we only had two kids, and it was a four before Heather came along. And we drove over to Tifton and went up to Aspen, Georgia, for my grandmother's funeral. I sang at her funeral. We stayed there for Christmas and left Christmas Day to come back to be at church the next day. I got out of my car at church that morning and I walked into my office and there was my checkbook right there on my desk. Lord, I won't have it. But I was miserable. I went on and did the opening time for Sunday school for the youth department. I'd gotten the music ready, getting ready for the worship service. I went to back to my study to pick up. Back in those days, you kids don't know what these are, but we used hymnals. I went back to pick up my hymnal and, and to get my choir music, and there was my checkbook on the corner of my desk. God's Holy Spirit was all over me. I sat down and I took that checkbook and I took my pen and I wrote the tithe for our, a check for our tithe that week. I put it in an envelope. And I walked to the Sunday school office and turned it in before I went to the choir room. I wrote it for the exact amount of the tithe. If I remember correctly, it was $87. We went to church. 
I told Melanie what I'd done right after church. I said, I don't know that check's going to bounce. I was walking out of the car, and one of the deacons came up to me, and he says, my wife and I prayed about it this morning, and God told us to give you this. And I opened up that, listen to me, I'm telling you the right, I'm telling you the truth with my hand raised and the other one on my Bible. I opened up that envelope, and it was to the dollar, the same amount as my tithe. I fell apart. I just wept. I said, I came this close to robbing you, this close. gave it back to me in my obedience. Millie and I just cried together and praised the Lord for what he had done. That was Paul and Emma York, deacons of the Dalreda Baptist Church, that did that. I've never forgotten. Never forgot. To this day, I've not missed. To this day. You say, Preacher, how are you stay in this church for 22 and a half years already as the pastor and you hadn't quit yet? God's blessing. See, if I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you won't even have room to understand it, to receive it. God's faithful. You see, you're here because you give a tithe every time? No. It's just a testimony of the faithfulness of God to do what he promised he would do. Where's the place you're supposed to, supposed to give it? To the storehouse. Now, I'm not against supporting other ministries. That's the reason when other ministries come here, we take up an offering for them, and we want to be a blessing to them. But you're instructed over and over again, that's not your tithe. That's not what goes to this church as God's work here and what he asks of us to give to him. But we give above that to be a blessing to others. goes to the church. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul writes, and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So what's the, what's the requirement? I'm going to sum it up with one word. God's requirement in giving is obedience. Obedience. 
And all who do not do what God's told us to do and what he says it belongs to him, all who do not do that, they walk in disobedience. Not according to to the preacher, but according to God. I see a lot of Christians that aren't very happy. They say they're Christians, but there's no evidence of joy. There's no evidence of celebration of the blessings of God in their lives. They're always complaining. You ever ever known a complainer? Don't answer that. When you walk in obedience, you have no room to complain. You can't help but understand what you deserve is is much worse than what you're walking through. God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us his blessings. What's your part? You know what's your part. Preacher, you're just trying to get the giving up. I know other ways of getting the giving up. I want us to walk in obedience. I want you as a member of this church to walk in obedience in the blessings of God. Do what he asks you to do. And watch him do a miracle in your life and in the life of his church at Tower Hill. I believe that. I believe if our membership, all of our members were obedient to what God says, would never be in the negative. What God says is do your part. Do the part that I command you to do. Be obedient. But he gives a promise with that, and he says, see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing in your life that you won't even have room to receive it. Could I have a testimony? He does, doesn't he? hope it helps you grow. If you're watching through Facebook or you're listening to this later in the week, let God speak to your heart. That you can walk in obedience and he can bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to do far more than that. By trust. Let's pray together. In closing, the only time in the scripture that I'm aware of what God said to test me 
test me. Just try me. It's on this subject of 10%. He invites you to test him. Now, there's nowhere else where God says you can test him. But on this subject, he says, test him. Let him prove himself in your life. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you know best. Lord, it's not hard. It's not burdensome. If we simply will walk in obedience, we'll find that there's no burden to it at all. That is, you just keep blessing us and keep meeting our needs. Lord, help us to be people of faith. As we're people of faith, help us to be people of obedience, of trust, and to know your will and to do your will. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the faithfulness of so many of your people here in this church to do exactly what you ask of us in your word and and the message has just reminded them today. And it's, it's just brought joy to their heart as they have been reminded of all your blessings and the times that you've met their need when you did, they didn't know how it was going to happen. And Lord, they're just remembering that. Thank you for the way you're true to your word. And I pray for folks that have never tried you, that have never walked by trust. Lord, Lay on their hearts. May they be obedient. And Lord, I pray that immediately after their obedience, that you'll prove yourself in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.